This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Manscaped. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And for 20% off and free shipping, use the code PROBABLY. Probably Science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. And I'm Jesse Case. And uh, I, back from Glastonbury, returned returned to my parents' house in England, and then going to be in England for a bit longer, because this time, Holly got COVID. England Amazing. is a cesspit of plague. <laughs> it is just a hole of disease, and you can't pass through it without getting ill. Well, America's going great right now, Matt. Yeah, everything's yeah. good here. So. Um, yeah. I still it's, maintain it, just Britain. <laughs> Britain's just collectively decided that it's done, that, that COVID's over, and... So it's basically we're not paying for any tests anymore. Um, we're not doing we're not doing shit. Basically, we're just gonna act like it's done and act like everything's good. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know how we track it now that there's no government testing. Yeah, there, unless we there, do wastewater everywhere. I don't know how well, we're, that's we're the thing. Yeah, yeah, there's to, uh, there's limited testing. Um, there's there's no requirements for testing. We could have flown. We were meant to be on a plane right now. We're meant to be flying back. Uh, we would have landed probably in around an hour or two and. There's there's nothing legally that would have stopped us from getting on that plane, or nothing logistically. We could have, except for our own ethics. Right. Oh, hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, how many masks before? Yeah, good, anyway. good, good dilemma. Interesting it's, dilemma. Well, you know, if you were, um, <clears throat> you know, perhaps they gave those tickets to uh, to someone else, like somebody and a and a guest. Do we have one of those on the it, uh, on the pod? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Jesse. But we that's do. crazy. What? No. We, we, we do. We have guests now. Enough. What? Wait, hang on. What was that voice? I was just about that to introduce our guest, very, and we got some strange. kind of weird voice coming through. Andy I don't know. Wait, it's unless a lady. That, unless that was the, the voice of our guest, that sounds a lot, a, like a suspiciously large amount, like like someone I first met on Star Talk when we were both on the show, <laughs> someone who's a comedian, writer, and performer, but also a gosh darn scientist, an anthropologist, Primatologist, zoologist. I'm not. I'm not sure specifically what the ology is, but I know anthropology is in there somewhere, and so are monkeys. It's Natalia Reagan. Hey, Natalia, how are you doing? Thank you. Great. Just throw proctology in there for good measure. Yeah. Oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. My job involves a lot of shit, so you know I'm not too far off. But uh, <laughs> can I say that on this podcast? Oh, 100%. oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, you, great. You, yeah, yes. you can. You can shit, say shit, job. shitty mix shit shit. <laughs> Yeah. Um, great. Awesome. No, it's so good to be but on only, this. But only uh, we're, we have a six limit of them. So, oh. uh, yeah, you've kind okay. of you've got one left. It just, it's like okay. a PG-13 podcast. Oh. No, did, you, did you guys <laughs> yeah. not see the Supreme Court rulings this morning? Oh, God, yes. About yeah, how many times no, you can we're say down shit? to five shits. Yeah, okay. we can only say oh, shit five times. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, a, it's a real, it's a shit show. Oh, it is. There, I'm done. I'm oh. done. Okay, do I get I'll paid now? I'll out some of those. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, wow. the U.S. is uh, really, uh, well, I mean, I think they're just kind of wanting to just lead the world in, in, in fuckery um, at this point. The yeah, Supreme we, Court, supreme assholes, if you ask me. We found out about the Roe versus Wade ruling from Phoebe Bridges in between songs. Wow. Wow. Which is a... Wow. <laughs> A weirdly like awful but delightful way to find out horrible news. She basically in between songs in the middle of a lovely set. She was like, "This, this is. Uh, I'm not having a great day because." And uh, she didn't even specifically say. It. She just said, "This be some bad news." So can we just say fuck the Supreme Court? And yeah. at the point we were just like, "Okay, that's the Roe versus Wade one." Then that's, well, that's what that is. Oh, it's strange because normally she does like sort of Stanley Cup scores, and kind of <laughs> yeah. the, like the weather and things. Um, very interesting, yeah. But she, yeah. no, I get all of my news from uh, from Phoebe Bridges. From Phoebe, yeah, from from Phoebe's concerts. Okay, that's great. No, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna have to add that to my old uh, Apple list. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> How do you say that? Like, you know, attention Americans, you know, your, your bodily autonomy has been stripped. You, you know, how do you announce that without... Did everyone just go absolutely wild and angry and immediately Pe start burning bras? And there, there was definitely anger, but also it's sort of anger that's one, play, like, one step removed because yeah. she's announcing this to a crowd in the UK who... Of course. Right. At least for the moment still have that right. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I mean, when Ireland, uh, you know, basically approved and gave abortion the AOK, -okay, I thought, well, we're good. We're, we're solid now. If, if it's cool there, we're, we're cool, you know, for a while. But uh, it, it just shows, it goes to show that when you have a 
sort of any sort of complacency when it comes to any rights you just can't you can't let your guard down yeah you know, unless you're a corporation of- in which case you could just you know you just keep getting more and more you oh just, yeah you just mm-hmm. get all those good corporate rights just exactly. <laughs> slowly added to you especially if you use coal now if you use coal you're just oh my god and i yeah, love scot free mm-hmm. they're, they're just like making coal. up cases now it's, oh, yeah. we- it's weird <laughs> like they're they're just they're about like individual people and stuff they're just like they came out they said metallica sucks <laughs> like what this is weird i mean what do you guys it's become the paul provenza kids court right Did- exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> been a while since we talked about that but yeah yeah that's right I, I think it's bummer. been since we had paul on the show I, it might have been like yeah eight years ago or something I fair I or unfair episode. unfair this is yeah so this is this is a friend of the show paul provenza used to host what channel was it was it on i think it was on nickelodeon, nickelodeon, or nickelodeon. yeah probably yeah. a show called kids court which was exactly <laughs> where was it? Did kids adjudicate the kids' cases as well, or did they have adult judges, adult juries? Uh, I think it was all kids and Paul. But I just all I remember is the end, like just over the credits, almost. Paul would just go out and uh, just put a mic in a kid's face, and they just get to say one line, and then as a collective, they would all yell out "fair" or "un." He would ask "fair" or "unfair," and inevitably they all yell "unfair." Like I wanted one time for them to be like, "Actually, that's pretty reasonable of your parents to <laughs> enforce a bedtime." Of- <laughs> Oh, God, that sounds like, you know, it could very quickly devolve into Lord of the Flies, which could also be, I mean, that right there is, I think, the beginning of reality TV. (laughs) Nickelodeon's Kids Court. It aired uh, from 88 to 89 on Nickelodeon. Yeah, too many, like, those young kids who were suddenly told that their opinion counted grow up to become adults with that same horrific belief. (laughs) That's where we are now. I was validated, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember um, what on MTV had uh, that show Kids Federalist Society. <laughs> and it was all just about like sort of the the movement to get this going. Yeah, that's, that's the upsetting. issue because it always starts off with like the kids' lower courts. That's how they were so smart about it. Yeah, no, they, yeah, the, no, the kids' district courts were weird, but then the kids' lobbyists, oh yeah. my god, took over. Yeah, yeah. And they, they did it by stealth, and then before you know it, you know the kids' Supreme Court is completely in the control of the right. Well, and the the kids the the kids' Department of Justice isn't doing shit, <laughs> you know. Ugh. And the fact that Paul didn't retire under a, a, a Democratic administration is I'll never forgive him for that. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, your legacy's tarnished. I'm not dressing up as you for Halloween. Yeah, this is a problem. Like when those when those kid jurors are appointed for life, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're talking like 80, 80 90 years, years worth yeah. of service in some cases, and that's that's yeah. a lot. That's too much. Just think mm. of all the life changes, all the phases. This is you know, college yeah. could get real kinky. Who knows? Is that- yeah. Is that is that really what our founding kids had in mind? <laughs> Guys, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Unfair. Unfair. <laughs> Unfair. There you go. <laughs> I'm not afraid. So um, we uh, normally, when we have a guest on, um, everyone sort of has equal rights. So this is like a new one for us. But, <laughs> Ouch. Um, well... <laughs> no, I mean I'm it's like a my red robe. I'm uh, no, it's like know, a I'm new in, I'm in shackles right now. It's a, no, it's like a new thing. It's like Jesus, what the fuck is happening? Yep. You know? Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Um, <laughs> you you don't actually have a handmaid's costume, do you? Though? No, I do not. I do not have a handmaid costume. I you know that that that's not the kind of kink I'm into. But um, <laughs> I no, say I, I read Handmaid's Tale many years ago, but I, I, I know think... that. Go on. No, 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 I interrupted. No, I'm you. so sorry. No, no, I just, I feel, I, I understand the metaphor of the costumes, but I feel it doesn't strike fear. I want, uh, <laughs> I would love to see SpongeBob's, like a million SpongeBob's marching on the Supreme Court. Or, I um, mean, you know what I mean? They did uh, use just, sponges as contraceptives. So, I mean, oh, I guess that our, right there, I mean, you're kind of, you know, hitting the nail on the head a little bit. Um, there's our connector. Yeah, you hit the what? nail on the head a little too hard. That's great birth control. So I mean, again, <laughs> um, these are things to consider. But yeah, I, I you know, as somebody who you know, grew up in a time where I you know, Roe versus Wade was something that we, I think, we did in some ways take for granted. There was a long time where being a feminist was a dirty word, and I think that's really sad because now it's now more than ever. I think there's even men that are proudly proclaiming their desire to see equal rights, and you know, we've got 
over 80% of the country being, you know, up in arms about this. Um, sometimes actual firearms, uh, which have more rights than my <laughs> uterus right now. So, uh, yeah, it's it's devastating. But I'm also, I, as somebody who I did, I mean, I'm very open about this. I had an abortion. It'll be actually, guys, I want to I wanna celebrate with you. 21 years ago, oh, wow. tomorrow, oh, tough. I had an abortion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes, I was 22 years old. It's a decision I didn't take lightly, but it was very easy for me to make. I've never regretted it. But no, I I've I've gone through one as well. I I and I don't. I mean, you know what I mean. As the partner, and um, yeah. you know, it's yeah, yeah, you. It's a thing you do, and um, everyone listening knows how horrible it would be if I'd had a child. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's no one takes it lightly. I think that's yeah. a ridiculous, you know. It's not like, hey, what, what do you want to do today? <laughs> I want to have five abortions. You know, it's not something that, you know, really kind of crosses someone's mind. But again, it's something I get 21 years ago. I didn't feel the ability to talk freely about it, where at least now I feel like it's we're so much more open. We're so much more, um, I think, understanding. And, you know, it's just known that this is a prevalent part of our society and has been for millennia. I mean, since the dawn of time, people have been throwing themselves down hillsides or stairs or whatnot and or going uh, to that person in town who has the who knows what <laughs> potion to mix and just like dropping yes. the uncle off at the casino wink wink you know uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was sharing stories that was like uh very much what pushed it over the edge in ireland oh certainly one of the big things and that was like friend of the show tara flynn was one of the people who ended up like ended up like deep in the middle of that campaign because She's a comedian and an actor, and but then she shared a story at a rally years ago of having to travel to, I think it was the Netherlands, from Ireland to get an abortion. And from that, ended up just being at the heart of this campaign. She ended up being one of the people really sort of in the middle of this thing. Uh, and it was, it was about sort of really making those personal connections and sharing stories and being open, and, and that was what pushed it. Yeah. And yeah. Man, it's abortions in the Netherlands are weird because it's because you, you go Dutch. Um, <laughs> I uh, it's I'm so the the whole thing with me at, at this juncture. I, so I'm in Tennessee, right? Which it's so illegal here immediately. Yikes! And our closest sort of blue state, the closest clinic, in fact, that's still operable here, is five hours away. Uh, it's in Illinois, mm -hmm. which is not as bad as being stuck in the middle of Texas or something where it's like an 18, 20 hour drive. So I'm just trying to figure out there's still it's so new. There's this huge gray area on how. I don't know. I, I keep wondering about because, uh, like, obviously, I'll drive anyone that needs a ride to Illinois, you know, but then are like, are they about to make all this? It sounds like there's about to be a lot more legislation around who's committing felonies here. Right, but it's like yeah. they can never stop interstate travel. Correct. Like yeah, they can't. They it, can't stop a pregnant person from traveling. But uh, but they you know. can. But they can if they find evidence that they did that expressly for the purpose of abortion, or you helped someone do that for the purpose of abortion, or you helped ship abortion meds from um, a state that is friendly to a state that's unfriendly like they can prosecute you for other things like that yeah uh, but if which by the way that's also that. like i know there's like a, a an attempt to move away from the coat hanger um symbology which yeah. you know has, has served the campaigns well over the years but i saw a few people writing about how they would rather people don't use the kind of wire coat hanger as an image now because it it confuses the fact that actually that's is much easier now to get a medical abortion and you don't need to do that and yeah simple, over, over half in many cases yeah. a simple pill that you can take at home Five depending pills. on how far along you are can do it right yeah yeah uh mypho myso um yeah i i i don't know apparently they won't be able to stop for instance the mailing of these things like but then with today's epa decision are they going to make a similar decision about the fucking fda like our state's uh, going to be able to decide yeah. what they approve, you know, because right. um, I mean, it opens the door, right? It sets the precedent for that. This so, a, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I just I was just thinking a lot about how this like sort of the, you know, hashtag resistance Etsy store 
thing. It's like the, I think when John Lewis said like make good trouble, like it, mm-hmm. it's not just a tote bag. It involves significant jail time. And I think people have to like realize like, okay, what are we willing to do here? Um, you know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, sense? I, I don't mean yeah. that as a bummer. What I mean no, is that it, is yeah. like, it's, I'll, I'll fucking drive you like, but I don't know if that's going to be legal. I don't know. There's, there was a really interesting, <laughs> you know, Jonathan Haidt, um, the author, uh, I forgot what he's best. Of the Righteous for. Mind. Mm-hmm. What's that? The Righteous Mind. Yes. And, uh, among other things, really interesting thinker. And he, he was making the case on a podcast recently that we have, that that uh the gay rights movement was the last uh success we're going to see in in social progress <laughs> at least for like decades to come and it was a really compelling uh, one of the things he was talking mm-hmm. about that is i don't know if it's true but it's interesting to think about is that in all of these cases of things that are going wrong people are still using the model of protest that was that was the standard the paradigm in the 60s and the civil rights movement and that that might not be a thing that works anymore but it's all we know so we keep doing it um he's not saying he does know what will lead the next kind of social revolution but it just might be the case that we are stuck in this paradigm that actually doesn't do anything but wasn't that yeah i'm so sorry natalia go ahead well no i was just gonna say i feel like protest gets kind of a bad rap in some ways because they say oh this is not going to fix this is not going to be the thing that's going to change everything well it's not necessarily meant to be the thing that changes everything it's it's a moment and an opportunity to unify and solidify a cause uh this connects people it you know keeps the momentum going it is being a face uh it's you know the whole revolution uh, is kind of being live streamed at this point so um having people out there is a is quote unquote a good look but also an opportunity to kind of meet and talk and organize Organize uh, because it's going to take a lot more, like you, than just getting out in the streets. It's going to take a lot more, uh, you know, planning and actually working. And like you said, figuring out what am I willing to do? Because people were saying, you know, in the past, people have been like, I'm going to open up my home to strangers to come and get, you know, an right. abortion. Are, are you? I mean, you should. Of yeah. course, you should. But it will be a felony. <laughs> so. Not just that, but you also <laughs> want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in jeopardy. People right. will take advantage of that. Is it somebody that is, you know, under the guise of someone who needs something, but is actually going to take advantage of you or try to, you know, you know, get you uh, and report you? So, yeah. you know, they're warning to just be very smart about that. Maybe think twice before you just kind of be like, come on in, everybody. Let's just get abortions right so i saw advice as well about you know there's mixed information about whether period tracking apps on your phone are now risky yeah Um, yeah i i would push back if i if i may on a second uh, for a second about the civil rights protests i think i totally agree with that point that that model doesn't work but i think people i didn't say i didn't say it doesn't it's it's possible that it doesn't well no no but i would we know that but i think people are confusing the model like people are assuming it just means sit down and sing kumbaya but you had to go through training you had to go through nonviolence training it wasn't a moral thing it was for optics Mm -hmm. it was like they are going to beat the shit out of us we literally cannot even react and so on the newsreel, we've done literally nothing wrong. So America can see what this is. And, and it's like the that was the whole philosophy. But like you would I mean, like the Freedom Riders would go through training where they would yell racial slurs at you and throw shit at you and beat you like a like a simulation of what you're going to deal with to not react because everything in you wants to say, fuck you and punch back. Mm-hmm. And. I think we we lose that and we think it was just this natural that's just the way to be instead of it was for a specific purpose for an outcome right uh, if that makes that. sense yeah yeah because uh, it's not just a kumbaya thing it was like really fucking difficult you know right um so I think that model works like like protest for an outcome but I yeah, yeah I mean I don't know what that looks like that's why I'm not in charge of those things <laughs> this is yeah. also at a time in the 1960s where things are starting to be televised in a way that they weren't able to be in the past you know like when you have suffragette movements you know we have photographs but we don't necessarily have the most amazing newsreels of women marching in the streets and so this is you know we're seeing things uh you know being televised and live streamed more than ever when i was at a protest friday night Everybody had their phones out and were live streaming when they were had any sort of cop interactions uh, because they know 
they need that on on camera they need that recorded because there's been too many times where there has been unnecessary violence against protesters which is very frustrating yeah yeah um dark times so in happier times when yes yes if we get you to cast your mind back a bit to a time when you had slightly more rights in the United States, we, we, we like to ask our guests always what their background in science is, and every so often it's someone with a real background in science who actually does it, and does it for work, and has all sorts of qualifications. So what is your background, Natalia, and what is it you specialize in now? Other than being an angry woman. Uh... Other than being angry woman and occasion. <laughs> Uh, uh, interspersed with making entertaining generally monkey or other animal based videos online yeah basically oh gosh I am so sorry can you hear the leaf blower directly outside my front door I am so sorry it's not that bad it's It's not bad I I hired them to give it you know real Los Angeles (laughs) ambiance but I feel like they you know, this guy, he really wants a bump because he really, and not that kind of bump, but I think he's trying to go a little hard. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, I am, uh, a, you know, a, a primatologist and an anthropologist, but I kind of had a weird trajectory getting to where I am. So, uh, you know, at the core of it, I study monkeys. I study spider monkeys to be exact. And um, I also I have my degree in broad anthropology, the four field approach. So Now we're talking uh, old world and new world monkeys. Uh, we're talking... Yeah. We talking oh. verve, verve it. No, we talking, talking verve it. Okay. Verve, verve, the, putting the verve in. No, uh, although I was just hanging out with uh, verve it monkeys, very, very, very close cousins, the green monkeys in St. Kitts uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, which hitched a ride during the transatlantic slaves trade over to the Caribbean from uh, West Africa. The verve pipe, mm. as we the call verve, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the thank ver- you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank the you. The real verve pipe. Uh, yeah, for, it was a long walk to get there. For fans of Yes, music. You, you can't be held responsible. <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I studied what would be considered new world monkeys. And and by the way, not to be a little, you know, we're, we're figuring it out, but uh, we're even like moving away from terms like old world and new world because they're inherently sort of inferring right. that, oh, in the old world where, you know, the real old world and then the new world that was discovered by white people. Uh, right, so right. we're kind of moving away, but it's it's hard because like the other real terms are like platyrines versus uh, circopithecines. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, it doesn't really roll off the tongue the way you want, right? No. So, but I studied uh, New World monkeys or uh, spider monkeys that live in specifically Panama. So, I studied a critically endangered subspecies of spider monkey called the Azuero spider monkey. And, uh, yeah. Is it, is it still possible to just to make more of them by just getting any other monkey and getting them to be bitten by radioactive spiders? We're actually working on a project right now, Matt, where we're uh, we're doing that. Uh, awesome. The Supreme Court doesn't shut that down. Uh, Thank I wish. you. <laughs> uh, no, but I actually, uh, before I became a scientist, I was an actress. Um, I wanted to be a scientist as a kid, but I uh, I used to have recurring King Kong nightmares as a child. And that's kind of my villain origin story. The, okay. <laughs> This is so fucking weird. Did King Kong get you? King Kong is what got me. Like primatology seems amazing. Like it did is. King Kong like get your interest? <laughs> yes. Well, and was it the like the Kurt Russell King Kong? Like which King Kong? It's that's a great question. So I grew up with like the 1933 original King Kong sure, as a favorite. child. My okay. dad would play a lot of AMC and uh, Turner Classics, whatnot. And so um, I remember as a kid. And, and it's like, worth really also pointing out that Natalia is an incredibly well preserved 90 year old. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. I'm, yeah, I'm about to be 91. So thanks so much, Matt, for reminding me. You, you wear it very well. <laughs> thanks. You can tell um, a lot about a person by sunscreen. what what they want to get into after watching King Kong. Because like <laughs> half half the crowd gets into primatology and half the crowd learns to fly biplanes. And it's like, okay, like are we? <laughs> which and side then there's of this? That one we... French guy who climbs up towers. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at on this? Um, so yeah, basically, I had these recurring King Night- Kong nightmares where King Kong would—I would hear the footsteps in the distance, and I, by the way, I still get them. But I would hear the footsteps. He'd rip off the roof of my house, eat every one of my families, and then eat me last. So I always was killed. Ugh. I always died, and I was terrified of King Kong until I was about eight or nine. I learned to lucid dream, and so I'd hear the what? footsteps. And strangely enough, I have a feeling we're all about the same age. Uh, I was in the Silver Spoons, uh, Ricky Schroeder house in my dream, and I heard the footsteps, and they got closer and closer and closer. And when I opened the door, 
an orangutan was standing there and it gave me a huge hug. And after that, I was done. I was fine. I didn't have any fear of King Kong. I was in love. It was like the Stockholm Syndrome times a million. And, you could ride um, that giant model train set around the mansion all day without a care in the world. You know, with, with Pongo, my orangutan pal. Yeah. Um, and so basically I, I wanted to do that when I grew up, but I basically was flailing in math and science uh, in high school. So I pivoted and was like, well, if I can't chase monkeys, I'm going to do the next best thing, comedy. And uh, <laughs> I got into, you know, stand-up improv. I uh, went to theater school for a year, dropped out, and um, was kind of living a life that I didn't really like. Uh, I'd I say thinking, it's like equal amount of communicable disease. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it's it's very similar. Have you been on a set before? It's disgusting. Yeah, it's very similar to anthropology. <laughs> I It's like field research versus doing comedy on the road for years. It's like <laughs> the parallels are shocking. <laughs> well, I mean, sadly, true. I, I feel like a lot of the things that have been said to me in my career in academia are very similar to the shitty things said to me in my career as an actress or doing production. You know, uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of wild. There's a lot of parallels. But I, uh, I ended up um, going back to school because I missed anthropology. And while I was taking a zoology class, I kind of fell back in love with primates. But I didn't know what to do with it. And uh, then I got hit by a truck. Um, the, Whoa. Yeah, I got hit by my own 94 Ford Ranger on the shoulder of the freeway in 2005. Uh, Sounds like you what? weren't driving. I was not. <laughs> I was not driving. Wow. Uh, the woman, wow. a woman basically came up. I was, I rear-ended somebody. They pulled over on the shoulder and I was crying and I asked them, can we get off? But they didn't, they actually were, it was just the worst luck. It was, they were three Japanese men in town on business. Um, and so I was exchanging information while, uh, and standing between my truck and their car as Ooh. far away from free. I know it's, it really make, it, it makes me, ugh heave thinking about it and I was standing as far away from the freeway as possible but then I heard something and I turned and it was just too late I just saw a bright like flash of silver put through my hands up I'd like to think I said not the face but I probably said fucking cocksucker son of a bitch <laughs> and the next thing I knew I was being loaded into a stretcher and um yeah I, wow. I almost bled out I broke my femur all the I got Hit, I got pinned, so all the ligaments and tendons connecting to my foot and my muscle were severed and out of my body, and um, they kind of had to do their best to fix it. I had a ruptured spleen. Uh, both my lungs were punctured, broken ribs, broken clavicle. Landed on my head, which explains so much, uh, oh. and I uh, had a long time to get back to walking again because I, wow. you know, I had a bad staph, inf a vancomycin-resistant staph infection. Oh, my that, God. Yeah, I was all sorts of messed up, and I was like, but I got to chase monkeys someday. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> Can you imagine so, if it was a 96 Ford Ranger? We wouldn't even be having this conversation. No, I'd be, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I, no, that's uh, that's horrible. So we, you were. I'm pinned, so glad you're okay. You were yeah. pinned between the cars. So yeah, what happened? It's a real. I mean, like I would love to do a physics experiment with how this happened because. So this woman, she was driving a Saturn. Remember Saturn? I had. Saturn a, I have had two Saturns. Yes. Have you really? I have a Saturn devotee. Yeah. Oh, nice. This was a Saturn <laughs> View, so it was the SUV. Oh, and I couldn't afford the View. No, no. Right, that was fancy. Um, so she and the, by the way, the woman who did this or hit, you know, I mean, it was an accident, and so we're actually we're friends. We're friends on Facebook. Um, she's wonderful. Uh, but anyway, so she was driving the Saturn, hit my truck. My truck hit me, broke my femur, and then the and then I got pinned between my truck and the car. But the way she hit my truck, they both spun out. And you know went on to the you know kind of spun out on the 101, mm -hmm. and then I got tossed onto the off ramp. I don't remember this, but it must right. have been a real show for those three Japanese men because they did not even contact me about their aches and pains. <laughs> I think oh. they just felt bad. Wow. But um, yeah, and then I oh yeah, that's probably a good good piece of inf yeah advice. If you rear end someone's car and you're almost certainly like the one liable for that, just get yourself just get almost murdered by another vehicle and. Matt, it's the best it. advice I could give anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but no, this is a fun side fact. Um, I just actually told this story on, on Story Collider, and I forgot about this, but when I was leaving my then boyfriend's house, the last thing I said to him as I was climbing into my truck was, I'm not wearing any underwear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who had their pants cut off on the shoulder of the 101 that day? See, <laughs> this is why your parents always tell you, wear underwear and make sure it's clean, because if you uh, get into an accident... <laughs> Oh, yeah, because when I was in the hospital, they gave me back my clothes, and my mom was like, where are her underwear? And I said, funny story. 
least they weren't dirty. It must have been, yeah. yeah it must have been thrown clear of the. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the impact. They just combusted, Mom. Her panties flew right off. It was crazy. <laughs> it was the crazy. She's. A... I mean, if it was going to happen to anybody, <laughs> I, to this I, day, I, she's big in Japan. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, That's... but that was the catalyst to go back because I was like, "What the?" Hell? You know, and the, and the first job I, I got, so I, I had to wait until my wound had, like, I my wound had to be fully clothed because or closed, clothed and closed. <laughs> my wound had to be uh, fully closed for me to go back to to work. Uh, and I didn't, by the way, I lost my health insurance a couple months before this happened. So mm. when I finally went back to work, um, I uh, it was a rush call. It was a you know central casting called me to be a photo double on a rush call, and I warned them about all my problems. And they were like, "No big deal, it's fine, go go go." And I got there, and it, like wardrobe handed me a bikini, like a string bikini, and I was like, "What?" And I showed them my leg, and they gasped. They you know did makeup the best they could to cover all the scars because was, I was smothered in scars, and. Um, Real sexy time, and uh, they they sent me to set, which was a speedboat, <laughs> and I was like, "Say what?" And they, oh, by the way, it's it's midnight. It's the middle of the night, and it was basically a stunt job. My job was to run from the uh, f- back to the front of the boat while the boat was going speedboat speeds, and I, <laughs> I hopped on one leg, <sighs> and it was like in that moment that I was like, "Oh my God, you're back doing the same." job that you couldn't stand before you know you're so close to the action but you're not actually playing the person you're you know a stand-in or an extra or a photo double so I went back to school to to become a primatologist um that was the 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 kick in the pants that I needed was the 94 Ford Ranger such a cliche story about how people get into it you know it's like we've we've been doing (laughs) this podcast forever and it's like every episode I'm so sick of the fucking 94 what's your background size here it comes it's the No, no underwear, uh, sandwich between two cars, speedboat uh, bikinis. Okay, story. you weren't wearing underwear, good all. Good for you. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Good all for you. Good all for you. <laughs> uh, uh, I love you. That's all it took. That was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's. <laughs> it was a weird transition. Um, yeah. But that was like, what are you doing with your life? And uh, it took a while because, you know, I, I had to kind of, I didn't have, like I said, health insurance. And I wanted to get my SAG insurance back and all that kind of stuff. But I went back to school to, to do anthropology. And um, uh, I still was doing comedy and stuff. But um, when I went to grad school, I, I decided to, I was I wanted to work with gorillas, by the way, as you can imagine, because King Kong. I mean, sure. Come on. Well, yeah. So um, I've been hearing a lot of a lot of great ape talk. When did you make the When did you make the switch to tails? Right. Thank you. Uh, great question. Uh, well, <laughs> first of all, a, <laughs> I was going to do work with Gorilla CD, which is a great organization that uh, they basically are in Virunga uh, National Park and DRC. Um, yeah. And they were going. I was going to help teach folks how to build or make um, compost burning briquettes because a big problem in that um, area of the world was like people going into the, the national forest because they wanted to uh, harvest charcoal to cook mm-hmm. and and I'm a big believer in ethnoprimatology and, and the fact that you know the people's lives have to be valued first before we could actually conserve any other species because it's all about making sure every it's a win-win for everybody and so right. uh, this teaching people how to make uh, using their own trash to make these briquettes would help them but also help preserve the forest and also, you know, cut down on any sort of bush meat, um, you know, hunting and things of that sort. But as I, you know, this is 2008, and basically where I was flying into Goma, uh, DRC, was basically imploding sociopolitically. There was a, um, a Congolese ethnic Tutsi, um, General Nakunda, that was basically, you know, kind of wreaking havoc in that area. And the organization said, you know, this is probably not a good idea to send you there. You well, know, you're going to be a liability. Huge, right? Like it the- is. Yeah. Virunga National Park is, is quite, I mean, there's Virunga, there's well, DRC, Uganda, Rwanda, all kind of, um, you know, hit, you know, intersect or in, they hit in it. Africa. Yeah. They hit it uh, and then quit it. And, uh, but they all have, um, you know, mountain gorillas. And then um, in Uganda, they have got the, uh, the windy impenetrable forest where they have um, uh, their own uh, type of gorilla as well. So, um, yeah, it's there's multiple. Mm. Uh, well, there's you know there's eastern and western gorillas. The gorillas that you see, by the way, in the zoo, 
our Western gorillas, Western um, lowland. The ones, yeah, the exactly. Lowland the Western, gorillas. The, the Western lowland. Um, there are eastern lo, eastern lowland gorillas or Grower's gorillas. That's what I really wanted to study. That was what my honors thesis was about. But um, that is in an area of the world that it's it's. There's not a lot of. Um, there was not a lot of research there at that time in 2008, and I still don't think there's a ton at this point. Um, DRC can be a pretty dicey area, um, although I do know a lot of people who've worked there successfully and had wonderful time um, working with bonobos and with um, mountain gorillas and chim chimpanzees. But um, yeah, the Western lowland gorillas, you can tell they've got, they're like not, they're a little bit more svelte looking. They kind of have, you know, like they're not as fluffy. They have um, uh, such a much more pronounced brow ridge and they have uh, kind of that, it's like that Claire Danes reddish hair from my so-called life uh, right oh. at the top. I know it's, a, it's an interesting callback, but um, <laughs> yeah. To those of you that were active in the 1990, early 1990s. Well, no, um, I mean, I remember people doing, we have friends that have done field research out there and they have to put on a full field Jordan Catalano costume. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> to sort really, of get, get close and do absolutely. the do the research. No, I mean, and, and you have to be brooding. You definitely, you can't show too much interest, um, but just no, enough. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> tie a flannel around your waist and they'll yeah. trust you yeah right yeah. you got to have like if you want to you know a brian crack out it kind of just sort of soften the the blow that's also a good look too <laughs> you know um was that his name i think that was his name i, I think that remember. was his name that was his name right and who to... who was their friend that never showed up tino do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch enough of it. It was like a, it was like a recurring joke. They were always talking about this guy, but then the show got canceled. So like like no one ever saw Tino. Damn it. <laughs> Tino. Um but yeah, uh, I, oh, so back to why the, why the I, I think I have ADHD. Um, That's my okay. My recently told me that I probably should get tested. I I've, <laughs> I've never seen a, a critical species. So it, to me it's like if you think about like you know, mm -hmm. if there's 800 mountain gorillas left, you could name more celebrities than that if you really thought about it. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like way. No, I mean you could. Yeah. Like, like it's an incredibly like to me that's way more famous. Like if I saw one, I'd be way more star. I'd be more starstruck if I saw a proper mountain gorilla in the Congo than you know whatever the fuck you see at the the Grove. You know. Oh my! And you like, named yeah. That's the perfect I think analogy only because I, at the, every time I go to the Grove, there's just somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I I'm the same. I mean, I get more starstruck with with you know scientists that I adore. Um, but for me, I, that's one thing I have not done yet is gone to um, DRC Uganda or Rwanda, and that's I was gonna go in February 2020. And we postponed it to the summer, uh, my mm. girlfriends and I. And then, of course, as you know, we could have been stuck in DRC if we yeah, had gotten stuck. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I don't know. It could have been a really interesting life. Um, I could still be there. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 my dream is to get there, you know. And yeah. actually, you know, I have friends that are doing work there. So either I could visit in that regard or, you know, maybe go even just be a tourist. Um, and um, But it's a really fascinating I, I have good friends of the family that just went and did the gorilla tourism and you know it's it's a great way for them to make you know uh, fundraise for their own you know protection but also you know it does get a little dicey when you have zoonosis or disease transmission between non-human primates and humans because that's something that we see quite a bit i mean we see now with covid that there is disease you know that's like the most blaringly obvious um example or things like even you know west nile or malaria things like that that are mm -hmm. less i think um they don't seem so threatening necessarily because it's like a mosquito bite but it, that's an example of you know this disease transmission that is really problematic and a common cold for a human could wipe out a group of gorillas if they're not immune to it and so that's something that you have to take very seriously when you go there to make sure that you're not that you're not that schmuck that's like i want right. to see the animals that i love the most and then you kill them all like don't be that that douche yeah it's uh it's not looking great for with uh, for our future with pandemics what with all the what with all the disease reservoirs we keep uh wading into you know Tapping what i mean into, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. we're just kind of we're just kind of getting further into the jungle getting sneezed on by some weird fucking yeah. furry thing as, seeing as a, what happens <laughs> as a scientist which animals brains can i eat safely <laughs> to 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 get their power please yeah. answer oh, natalia oh, okay. please answer mm, let's see uh and which ones should i just stick to, to the bulls 
just the balls? Oh, definitely the sheep. The Rocky Mountain oysters are where it's at. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's. Uh, oh, God, I, I still can't believe. Are they? Are they cow? I, th- I think they're cow balls. I thought they were sheep balls. My mom always told me sheep balls. I'm gonna I have think to check she's this actually now. Actually, had them. My I mom, would. I would guess not cow balls, Matt. I'm just right? gonna go out on a limb. And yeah, say, I'll, I'll go you know what I mean. Not cow balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I were to eat, I don't know. Squirrel. Squirrel is. I think bull testicles. It's bulls. Yeah, yes. it's bull balls. Is it bulls? Oh, okay. Damn it. You know. You know a problem that I've always had with testicles, you guys. Oh, what's that, Jesse? <laughs> Too hairy. Too you, hairy. Do you yeah. know how long I've been biting my tongue trying to think of whether we come, come at this from the gorilla angle or the, <laughs> the no pants in your accident angle or, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, my, my, do you want me to talk about gorilla balls? Because I can. Well, well I think I, sometimes we first... I feel like I've got gorilla balls and there's, yeah. nothing, there's literally <laughs> nothing to be done about it. There are no solutions. Young Jesse, I've got, uh, I've got news <laughs> yeah. for you. What, what are you talking about? I'd like to introduce Manscaped's best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. The Platinum, well, that sounds, I can't afford that, Andy. You can, you can indeed. This is from Manscaped. You know them, they're the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Uh, You can now now trust them with the whole shebang, grooming everywhere. Uh, If you go to manscaped.com and use the code probably, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. So so maybe you befriended some lowland gorilla on your various yeah. research expeditions and you need to smuggle them back into the country as a Here, person here's so I my have to manscape them when you say manscape everywhere do you mean manscape everywhere on your body or you can just do it anywhere on the bus like at the park at the oh well that's you know, the thing it, keep, or you, it, you, it keeps charged mm-hmm. for quite a while and uh and it's also water resistant so you know you can public pools yeah public, public pools, pools. Und- waterfalls my um, main issue here is it sounds like they just send you a box full of loose stuff, and there's no way to carry it if you want to travel. So I'm out, guys. I'm out. I no, can't. that's... <laughs> what? What? What's this? There's, what well, well, first of all, let's get into what's in the Platinum Package. It's your one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. Uh, it comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, ultra nice. premium, ultra premium body wash, ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Now, are those in the signature Manscaped scent, Andy? That is the signature Manscaped scent. Oh, you know you oh love my it. God. My favorite yes. signature scent of all of them. The Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag to hold your goods while traveling. There's a travel bag. Toner? Yeah. Toner, toner for your sack? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 or for I, your face. No, well, it's, it's for your, no, it's it's for your sack. I can't tell you. Yeah. I can't you know, tell I, I you how many times people have complained about my testicles pore size. I cannot yeah. tell my, you. I, I, I should talk to you about it, actually. My balls ran out of toner when they had to print something really important. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and that stuff's not cheap. Um, <laughs> it is not, but this is excellent not a, Well, not everyone can afford inkjet balls. No. <laughs> inkjet balls was my band's name in high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I did a video called Play With Your Balls many years ago. I don't know if you're aware of this, Matt. After I, I studied spider monkeys, I, I got back into the, um, uh, I mean, started making science comedy videos uh, like one does at the end of grad school. And the first one was a uh, story of boobs, the breast tale ever told. But that uh, snowballed, if you will, into butts and butt week and butt week number two with liberty and just ask for all and then play with your balls and then play with your balls two <laughs> testament of glory. <laughs> So just so That's you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of DNA satchels and protecting them from things like testicular cancer and too much hair, really, frankly. If you don't want hair, if you want hair, that's fine too. But if you don't, we've got but, but yeah. tools for if, if you. If you to- want hair, yeah, there's ways you can still use other things. You can have the hair be nicer and shinier. Sure, and be clean you know? and smell nice. And uh, if you get this Platinum Package 4.0, they'll throw in the boxers and that shed travel bag you mentioned. It just go to probably. I'm sorry. If you go to manscaped.com and, and use and they're the actually code. really nice boxers. I mean, we we, we have yeah. used all this. They're uh, moisture wicking, if you will. <laughs> and um, and you know, I I'm I'm a sweaty dude. You know? Yeah. And uh, I'm just walking around dry as ever. And toned. Excellent. Toned. Again, you got to go to manscaped.com and use the code PROBABLY. That'll get you 20% off with free shipping. So treat yourself or somebody else. Yeah. I might have to invest. You might yeah. have to. You know, yeah. I actually, I'm a Scottish, I'm mostly of Scottish descent. And uh, I have had laser hair removal on, I would say, every part of my body that one can. Uh, perhaps that is TMI. I don't care. No, no. Uh, I also now lean a little bit more into my body hair, which I'm glad that you know it, that is being more widely accepted. I think I know a lot of a lot of ladies with a lot of pit hair, and I freaking love it. 
I couldn't commit to fuck or freaking. So nah. that was a f- <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you <laughs> did you say fucking? I missed it. You hit a good middle ground. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I'm happy that this the, this manscape comes with an actual DNA satchel. Satchel. It's <laughs> it's yes. all encompassing. Yeah, do you, so. I wonder if there's any buyer's remorse with laser uh, hair removal when it comes to like changing fashions, you know? I, I That's actually why I didn't do like full bore into it. Like I, there's certain parts that I was like, ah, and also I am so hairy and it was really funny when the... Yeah, I, but leave the lower back. Leave the lower yeah. back there. Like we don't know. The small of my back, actually that's really funny that you say that because the small <laughs> of my back has kind of this peach fuzz on it that is, I think a little bit, it's not, it's a little bit more than peach fuzz because I've had gentlemen say like I like the small of your back because of the peach fuzz and I was thought that's mm. terrifying but now I'm like that's kind of <laughs> sweet you know you like my, little, it, my little fuzzies as long isn't as it, it wasn't a neg like the game or something as long oh, as it was a genuine Lord. compliment right like, you know. it's yeah. the weirdest feeling when you get genuinely complimented on something that you hate or didn't know about yourself you know <laughs> what I mean yes. right. my Jesse, my Jesse I love a crooked dick you know like what <laughs> My my navel got fan mail once. Well, that's nice. Like my my belly button, which I I cannot stand my stomach. That's like it's one of those. It's a holdover from childhood. I just I always I you know I never liked it, and and I also think that's something that's getting a lot more love and appreciation. Is like not everybody has a super flat stomach, but this it was somebody. I don't actually. It was a very gender neutral name. It was I think Kim was the name of the person who sent me this email. And they just, it was this love letter to my belly button. And I actually replied saying, thank you so much, because I don't like it. But yeah, um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of nice. Yeah. No, uh, I'm going to uh, take my belly button out to dinner. Do you know who else, uh, what else on your body could uh, use a little love or maybe a little less love? What, Go on. The Go tiny on. mites that have sex on our faces. <laughs> Oh! Oh, you're I didn't always actually down about this. Where else are they going to have sex? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that's they have their own place Andy. or anything. Jeez, Andy. Yeah, I mean, they got it. That's too bad. So, wait, so that's what that's been the whole time. That's what that is. <laughs> Jesus. That's not what that sound is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very squeaky. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Wow. Speaking of skincare routines, uh, exfoliate, moisturize, and SPF every day are the standard many people's skincare routine. But what about pore cleaning mites like Demodex folliculorum that spend their entire life living deep in our faces? At night, these 0.3 millimeter long organisms leave the pores to find a new skin follicle, meet a partner, and mate. <laughs> but a what? new study. That's romantic. Yeah. What do you mean at night the things leave your there's like a, a dance of the sugar plum fairies on your yeah, face every these night mites what leave the, the follicle they're living in and they go find another follicle to get it on yes okay but a new I study watch that movie I would too a new study has found the mites could be facing a problem as their DNA is eroding meaning they're close to extinction mm. oh that's they're sad put them up there with the West Lone gorillas uh and if you rush into the bathroom grabbing all grabbing all the face wash you own and scrubbing every inch of your skin, you won't get very far. They live too deep in your skin to ever be washed off. If it gives you some comfort, more than 90% of us are hosts to these mites, and I provided them a home since birth as they're passed on during breastfeeding. Oh. That's what that's what my dad meant when he said my mom has mighty titties. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody. Does this mean we are all Airbnbs? Yeah, without getting paid. Yeah. That's- yeah. I mean that's something to that's something to behold. I was I, wondering yeah. why my why my pores had those little hidden cams. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you gotta check, people. You gotta check. You gotta check. You, you gotta, gotta check. check. Mm-hmm. You never know. So these might not actually be bad to have on your face. Dr. Alejandra Parati from University of Reading. Uh, co-wrote this study and says we should be grateful for these mites because we have an intimate relationship with them. She says they're very tiny and cute. There's nothing to be concerned about having them. They clean our pores and keep them flat. So be happy you have a small microscopic creature living with you. They don't do any damage. Uh, The study shows just how close our relationship is with them, but also how the mites have the smallest number of genes in any insect, arachnid, or crustacean. How many? Let's see if it actually lists. I'm not seeing the actual number. Uh, but so it says they protect the mites body from the gene, which protects the mites body from UV light has been lost. Uh, but in all fairness, they're only active at night. 
and it's that nighttime activity that might cause you to squirm. So yeah, well, we're in a deep oh sleep. God. They visit the pores to have sex and have babies. Um, the study shows that as their genetic diversity gets smaller, their dependence on us increases, meaning they're at risk of possible extinction. For example, the research expected to find the gene which wakes up the mites and sends them to sleep, but it wasn't present. Instead, the organism detects the lower amount of hormones secreted in the skin while we're asleep, and it's this that triggers them to wake up. So those adaptations are also causing the issue. The more they adapt to us, the more genes they lose, and eventually they'll become entirely dependent on us for their existence. Because of this dependence, they won't be able to leave our pores and find a new mate to couple up with. Oh. They need us. They, we need them. They're associated with healthy skin, so if we lose them, your face you could face problems with your skin. And then we won't get to mate. I, it's oh all it's the circle of mating. This might be a big problem. This might. It might indeed. It might indeed. I don't. I don't know. I just. It's making me think of they might be giants. And <laughs> I, I, you know, I just. I, I can't right now with that band. But yeah, no. um, dear Lord, I. I don't know. I, I'd like to think I could feel them. I just. I've, I've. That is a cartoon waiting to happen. Just the sex lives of face mites. Like a Pixar Inside Out sort of thing. Yeah, except like, with more boning. Mm-hmm. It's constantly like an X-rated mite Pixar. Mm-hmm. I like it. By the way, the story was sent in by Meg Hebbing or Hebing. Thank you, Meg. You can always email stories to probablyscience at gmail.com. Yeah. Now, that. a crazy thing will happen once the mite leaves your one of your pores, you guys. What's that? Well, you're going to have a big, uh, it's going to look like a crater there. Okay. <laughs> How big are these mites? <sighs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Did you guys know that uh, that NASA has found a new double crater on the moon, and it's from a mystery rocket impact? They don't know what it's from. What? Pretty crazy. The yeah, moon. Yes. The moon has a new double crater after a rocket body collided with its surface on March fourth. Um, New images shared by NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, which have been circling the moon since 2009, have revealed the location of the unusual crater. The impact created two craters that overlap, an eastern crater measuring 59 feet, uh, across and a western crater spanning 52.5 feet. Together, they create a depression that's roughly 91.8 feet uh, wide in the longest dimension. Although astronomers expected the impact after discovering that the rocket part was on track to collide with the moon, oh... Well, I got taken in by a surprise headline then. What? Shit. I thought they just didn't know how it got there. But then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from this thing on March 4th. Um, So although astronomers expected the impact after discovering that the rocket part was on track to collide with the moon, the double crater it created was a surprise. Typically, spent rockets have the most mass at the motor end because the rest of the rockets largely just an empty fuel tank. But the double crater suggests that this object had large masses at both ends when it hit the moon. Ooh. Mm. Yikes. The exact origin of the rocket body, a piece of space junk that's been careening around for years, is unclear. Oh, there it is. So the double uh, crater could help astronomers determine what it was. Hmm. Hmm. So it's just, it's been a piece of space junk that they knew about, but they don't know where that piece of space junk has come from. Wait. They knew... They, what? <laughs> they say the exact origin of the rocket body... Uh, is unclear. So they n- knew that there was a piece of debris out there. They just don't know the or- original. Origin. Yeah. Of. Right. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, for so f- like for example, four large. Uh, sorry, guys, a train's going by. I live next to some train tracks. It's very <laughs> fun. Um, so for example, four large moon craters attributed to the Apollo 13, 14, 15, and 17 missions are all much larger than each of the overlapping creator, uh, craters created during the March 4th impact. However, the maximum width of the new double crater is similar to the Apollo craters. Um, I didn't realize we actually crashed stuff into the moon on those missions enough to leave. What exactly did we crash? Well, how do you t- think? Why well, do you think the moon's so cratered? It used to be smooth. <laughs> it's us. We're we're we're, yeah. we're mites. Well, we we are the mites for the moon. We are the face <laughs> mites of the moon. This is. I'll tell you. Uh, so Bill Gray, he's an independent researcher uh, focused on orbital dy- orbital dynamics and the developer of astronomical software, sure. was first to spot the trajectory of the rocket booster. Gray had initially identified it as a SpaceX Falcon rocket stage that launched the U.S. Deep Space Climate Observatory in 2015, but later said he'd gotten that wrong 
and it was likely from a 2014 Chinese lunar mission. However, hmm. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs denied the booster was from its uh, Chang'e 5 moon mission, saying that the rocket... Oh, fuck's sake. I hate hitting the scroll wheel by accident. My fat-ass <laughs> fingers. Jesus Christ. Hold on. <laughs> I, I finally today, after about six years of it annoying me and very occasionally being useful but mostly annoying me, turned off hot corners on my computer. Hot corners? What's what hot corners? Hot yeah. corners? It's, a, it's a thing that Macs have that I guess, I, I guess maybe most people don't even have it turned on. But like if you move the mouse to certain corners... You can set it so that you move the mouse to certain corners of the screen. And, like, top right kind of minimizes all the window, or, like, pushes all the windows aside and gives you the desktop. And then, like, oh, no, bottom I've got, right I've gives you kind corners. of all the open windows in a sort of mosaic. And, but you constantly keep accidentally doing that, and then it, has think- and then it gets stuck in a thinking loop where it just... Mm. No boy, no. It's deeply irritating. Mm. So, that is deeply irritating. My corners are cold. Um... <laughs> China, so, so China, uh, is, their Ministry of Foreign Affairs is saying that the rocket in question burned up on re-entry to Earth's atmosphere. No agencies systematically track space debris so far away from Earth, and the confusion over the origin of the rocket stage has underscored the need for official agencies to monitor deep space junk more closely, rather than relying on Bill Gray. <laughs> 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 For all these countries been relying on Bill Gray, and they're like, we're going to need maybe one other opinion at least. He's got like a GeoCities page. He updates yeah. with all this stuff. Bill Gray, I'll track your junk. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yeah, how much? I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not a space, even though we met on Star Talk, I'm not a space, space dude at, and uh, yeah, but I don't know the extent of how much junk we have in our space trunk. Um, because this is this is wild to me. I'm mean, I just thinking about different countries that I might have like, oh shit, that just broke off. Oh, I'll get it later. You know, that could have had just random junk floating around. And yeah, I really thought most of our. Oh, I guess as they said, uh, the all the low Earth orbit stuff. Like that's got to be where the bulk of the uh, yeah where the junk is. I wouldn't have thought there's that much that's uh, out near the moon besides anything specifically intended uh, for a moon mission. Yeah. yeah, they Some they, Mountain Dew cans. they say here there's at least 26,000 pieces of space junk orbiting Earth that are the size of a softball or larger. So those could destroy a satellite and impact. Uh, and there are over 500,000 objects the size of a marble. That's big enough to cause damage to spacecraft or satellites. And there are over 100 million pieces the size of a grain of salt. Um, tiny d- uh, debris that could nonetheless puncture a spacesuit. So yeah, how do they how do they track uh-huh. that on on Ooh. like on like extravehicular activities? I don't get how they track on, the... on the EVA. The, well, you go out there and you count them a little at a time until you get okay. to hundred million. You, you sure. point at them. And count them. <laughs> but yeah, if it, if it can pierce a spacesuit, there are hundred million of them. How do you provide any safety to somebody who's doing stuff outside of the vehicle? Well, space is very dangerous. It's true. <laughs> the final frontier. It's yeah. Yeah, very... that's, that's why people always say, like, if you're going into space, wear underwear, because oh, you, never know. you never you know. You never know. You never know if you're going to get hit by a particle that could just destroy you. There could be a 1994 Dodge up there. There really could be. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's one place I don't need to go now. Space. <laughs> Not that it was on the uh, agenda, but dear Lord. Yeah, I feel like they need, like, a citizen app for space junk, you know. Right? I mean, I guess uh, there are, but I just I can't imagine you could track the small enough ones that could still right. fuck up an individual person up there. So, yeah, yeah, scary place. I'm not sure. I'm on the fence. Maybe I won't go. Maybe I am. Maybe I'll never go. <laughs> so you didn't have any uh, childhood uh, astronaut aspirations like other people of our generation? Uh, I, you know, I well, huh, yes, but also I'm of the generation that saw the Challenger live. Uh, so Same. that was So the Challenger, uh, you know, shuttle that went up and unfortunately um exploded that was i mean you know, we of course had the <laughs> the many episodes that followed on different television shows punky brewster and things of that sort that really you know struck home um or you know hit home how how dangerous it can be but also i, I as somebody who also um runs up mountains and falls down mountains for a living chasing monkeys it's i think just as dangerous in some ways yeah so um <laughs> Just the, you know, to get there is a little bit easier for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did. I wanted to, more than anything, honestly, I wanted to be a fire pilot after seeing uh, Top Gun. <laughs> I did have I did have that, uh, in you know, sort of 
I don't vision for myself as a I guess six or seven year old when that came out. But as soon and as I realized that involved killing people, that's when I kind of went, nope, not, not for me. Not as fun. No, I've, I've had a bit of a problem lately, guys, is there's too much hair in my danger zone. Are there any ideas? <laughs> I'm kidding. We're, we already did the ad. <laughs> I was going to say, we have to do one, landing. We have to do one every about- three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, I, this sort of ties in with space and with Top Gun, but I just saw Beavis and Butthead do the universe last night. <laughs> I haven't seen oh it yet, God, and I'm, I'm very it? excited it's to see it. Great! It, like I realized, my two favorite movies of the year. Okay, I guess three: Top Gun, but the other two are that and the Chippendale uh, reboot. I'm like, so all the really? animation of the '90s movies that came out this year are the best movies of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if you like Beavis and Butthead, it's like peak Beavis and Butthead. I mean, it's yeah. everything you want it to be. They they go to space, they go to space camp, and then go to space, and then go th- travel through a through a wormhole uh, to end Love up it. in 2022. But um, uh, yeah, the, I gotta, then, I gotta then see that. After that ended, I was just in Paramount Plus, which I'd signed up for just to watch Beavis and Butthead, and I forgot they they own or they made Top Gun. So right underneath that, they're just recommending all these other Tom Cruise movies, and so I just uh, in the background kind of watched Cocktail last night. Oh my god! <laughs> I had never seen it before. I didn't realize yes. how awful that movie. I thought it was like a beloved. <laughs> it's, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Terrible. It's deeply bad. It's yeah. really not good. I I recently got uh, Shutter, you know. On, on oh, we've like, got Shutter. It's great. Yeah, but I've to, I got it specifically to watch a few films. But then, um, you know, that's the horror streaming thing. Yeah. So oh, now I'm trying okay. to make it worth it. And every night, almost, I've been watching a different horror film. And the recommendations I'm on now are horrible, low budget '70s B movies. Like um, last night, I watched Gator Bait. And it's about this woman uh, in the bayou, you know, in the Everglades. That's when you sit on a gator until it goes numb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's kind of like that. It's pure, like, 70s exploitation horror movies. uh, But it's about, like, it's about this um, woman in the Everglades that, like, goes out fishing and stuff, like, wearing very few clothing. So then all these weird Cajun guys get all attracted to her and uh but she traps men to torture and kill them it's incredible and i've been watching um yeah just watching a ton of those but gator bait was the most recent give it a watch add not to the list yeah yeah i mean you know it's awful but it's great yeah right (laughs) Uh, we i got so sidetracked by um gorillas that we didn't finish the spider no i think that was very good science talk oh i had a question about how you transitioned to monkeys yeah yeah, oh yeah yeah. the the question uh of how i got how how did i turn from the great apes to uh the monkeys is a good one because it was not necessarily by choice as much as i love spider monkeys but it was too dangerous to do work in democratic republic of congo and i uh my alma mater uh cal state northridge acquired a wonderful primatologist uh, dr christina campbell who's already studied spider monkeys in uh panama on barrow colorado island which is in the middle of the panama canal and she wanted wanted to take on a new student and they had a conservation project already kind of lined up on the Izuero Peninsula. And so I was able to jump on board that. And just a cool fact for you and the folks at home about spider monkeys, spider monkeys have that prehensile tail. So a tail that like can be manipulated like a fifth arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're called spider monkeys, not because they were bit by a radioactive one, but because they actually have these little fat bodies and these long spindly arms and legs they look like a basketball had an orgy with a bunch of pool noodles and um you know but they can also rip your face off so and females have a hypertrophied clitoris or clitorides which is the plural term meaning Mm. they have a pseudo penis so it looks like if you see for instance the very first time i saw a female spider monkey i was like damn that monkey is hung he is a well-hung monkey and then i was corrected by the zoologist ma'am that is a female (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they have these long... He's uh, peeing from the balls. I'm so confused. (laughs) And the males lack a baculum, which is the penis bone. So they they have... They lack it or they have... They do not have it. So a lot of non-human primates have the the penis bone, including gorillas, which I don't know if you're familiar, but gorilla uh, weans are very small. They've got about an inch and a half long uh, penis per 400-pound gorilla. Yep. Uh, so King Kong is no King Dong. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. And uh, but spider monkeys are fascinating, very charismatic. Um, you know, uh, even, great at parties. Even at King Kong's, 
huge size, though. The dick would be big enough, I would feel, to, to like, cover one person's apartment window when he's climbing the building. I, like, you could get point, just the dick. Is that you're trying to eat dinner and it's just the dick just against your window? Dick. I actually, at one point, I can't I, I did do the calculations because I'm that sicko. Cause somebody on Twitter was talking to me about this. I did do the calculations about, uh, you know, doing the estimate based on um, the body size of King Kong through the years because King Kong in different movies is different sizes and different heights. Uh, and what the... Um, uh, the uh, the penis would be for that particular size based on the inch and a half long of a standard gorilla. So, and it was pretty substantial, but uh, not what it could have been. Humans and bonobos and chimps have kind of the the largest penis to body size. So, congratulations. Yeah, uh, nice. you made some very good bonobo videos recently. I've seen. Them. Yes. Yeah, I do a lot of videos. Uh, That's more uh, dark web stuff. I. <laughs> well, I have gotten, I think uh, I've gotten community guidelines violated on TikTok a few times because I think I do a lot of, a lot of sexy primate stuff. So um, I've actually thought about going to the OnlyFans where they want na- like more mainstream stuff, but at least I won't be censored That's uh, true. for talking about bonobo, you know, weens. By the way, another fun fact, Dr. Christina Campbell, uh, longtime listeners of the show will remember from episode 144 way back when. Yay! Was Way she back. doing? Was it on Drunk Monkeys or? It was. Uh, now, now you're showing. It, it was definitely. It's we okay. talked about Spider Monkeys a fair amount. Okay, good. And yeah, she's wonderful. Uh, a yeah. kiwi. Yeah, and uh, research on Barrow, Colorado Island. I'm now looking back at the, the show notes because this was from 2014, eight years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, we were. We went through this period. We were having quite a bit of primatologists. That's, um, you know, we're hot. We're fun. Yeah. We're wacky. You know, we talk a lot about poop. We talk a lot about sexy time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I were to, you know, sum it up. And There's what, definitely, it's, what, it's. What you need. <laughs> no, I mean, right. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it really is a shit show with um, an X-rated shit show, really. Well, where can I, where can our listeners find all the videos that you're making and all the stuff uh, you do? Well, you can find them on TikTok at Behold Natalia or Instagram and Twitter at Natalia13Reagan. Uh, I also am on a history channel show called The Unexplained every so often and a show called Paranormal Caught on Camera in travel on Travel Channel. Uh, a lot of these things are me being a skeptic, debunking the paranormal uh, shenanigans. And then also on Story Collider, uh, I'm going to be in a podcast July 8th for them. So nice. Check that out. You can find us, as always, probablyscience.com. That's where we post the show notes, the stories that we cover, also our links to the Patreon and PayPal donation pages. Thank you to all the p- people who help keep the show going and who spread the word and tell people about us on social media. Our social media is at Probably Science, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. Probably Science at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. Uh, but in the meantime, follow Natalia online. Follow us online, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye.